Today on Movie Rollers, we talk about The Flash, Elemental, and Asteroid City. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And yes, as well. Movie Realize is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. We have a special guest today. Yay! Special guest, special guest. Our good friend Gary. Gary, it's been years since you were on a podcast. I mean, like nine, ten years. Is it really that long? No. Yeah. I, I, no, I don't think so. Oh, no, no. Okay, yes. Maybe like six. About but okay. six years. Yeah. Six years, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Because of the predecessor of the movie we're going to review. Yes. Yeah, we, we roll Gary in from time to time. To, yeah. Because basically we don't know what we're talking about, especially the DC, DC universe. universe. You are a DC... We don't bring you in for Marvel as much. Nope. nope. Uh, is, that, is that... Do you hate Marvel as much? No, I just grew up... You're, focusing yeah. on the DC You were a DC tribe. There's a little bit of crossover into like Spider-Man. What is your kind called? What is the, my kind? Yes, the DC lovers. <laughs> DCians? <laughs> I don't know if we What's have. a Marvel? Marvelite? A Marvelette? <laughs> a Marvelette? I don't know. Marvelite? I don't know. Never mind. I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> and what's your favorite DC character? Is Come it on. the Flash? Well, the, is that a question for anybody? It's Wonder well, Woman. of course. Batman. Spider-Man. I had to. No, sorry. Okay. I had to. Superman. Yeah. Green Lantern, because That's that was, right. those were my initials. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Very nice. But because I grew up on a lake and swam all the time, Aquaman was my favorite. See? Not what you expected, Joe. Fair enough. I just thought everyone would be like me and love Batman more than any other superhero. Batman does the same shtick. Anyway, we're very happy to have you, Gary, and we have invited Gary because Gary very kindly stood in for Joe and I um, to watch the screening of The Flash. We have subsequently watched the movie, um, but thank you for doing that for us, and you always bring a nice lens to our reviews about DC. And he is sporting a Flash t-shirt. Yes. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yes. Because I'm so (laughs) clueless, yes. Very nice. Yes, I'm in here in spirit and... Yes. Right. Very good. Very good. Very good. So, do we have? Uh, oh, Netflix picks. Netflix picks. <gasps> yes. Yes. Okay. I'm behind. So, Yasti so and Gary, we, can I go last? I was going to say I, have, I don't have one, but yes. Before we jump into it, so in this podcast we're going to review three movies: The Flash, Elemental, and Asteroid City. But before we go there, we're going to talk about our usual segment of. I can't, I can't find, find anything, anything to watch, to watch on, video on Video On, on demand. demand. And we do this because basically, uh, as Rashmi and I discovered the other night when we hadn't listened to our podcast to mm-hmm. find a pick, yeah. we did the doom scroll of like Netflix of like doot, 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 scrolling constantly through Apple TV. We went, it's, uh, you know, I always grumble about like what a mess it is. We have um, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, we have disney now we have um, netflix of course and all these really like wonderful choice of services but we literally can't find anything we you know i think we talked about this on our last podcast yeah it's a mess yes they invented this service which will um combine them all into one easy find account 
which I still think has like millions of dollars all over that idea. I know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to live on an island. <laughs> and have I'm welcoming with you. Let's go find a, a VC and have and margaritas a for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow, that's a great idea. Yeah, I know. we need to find a venture capitalist and a programmer. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone listening out there <laughs> that has those skills, we will finance this, um, and then hopefully get money out of it. Anyhow, um, so yes, video on demand. So, uh, what's in your cues? What have you got? I think Gary should go first because he's the guest. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there, there is one. It's not on Netflix. It's on this app. Uh, free freebie. V. Free V. It's Amazon's version with ads. It's called Free V. Oh, really? What? Oh. Mm-hmm. I've not even heard of this. Tell me about okay. this Free V. <laughs> um, yes, F-R- you get commercials. F R E E V E E. Yes. Free V. So the the series that we were watching, it's a, it's a I think a ten episode, mm-hmm. Jury Duty. You have to watch it. Mm-hmm. I have been wanting have to, watch to watch it. It's an improv. It's improvised, right? Mm. Isn't that the the sh- the shtick? But uh, all but one of the jurors is mm-hmm. an actor, and there it's all about how do they fool the one who does not know that this is not a real trial. That's that's um, that's happening, and so it is amazing how they pull it off. They um, so I highly recommend. It. I don't want to give it up. Um, and it stars the wonderful, wonderful James Marston. Yes, who yes. Plays, who plays an obnoxious version of himself. Yes. And he seems a little obnoxious generally, but don't say that. <laughs> no. No. You just everyone says in the in the when they recognize him, oh, you're from X Men. He says, No, don't say X Men because Hugh Jackman. Everyone thinks of Hugh Jackman oh. when oh. you credit X Men. So uh, I always think of him in twenty seven dresses. Or the notebook. Or cheaper by the dozen. We saw him in Miami last year. We saw year. him in Miami last year. Just walking around? No, it was the okay. Grand Prix. Yeah, he's a big Formula One buff, and I think he was involved with um, some fancy watch company. Yeah, some, yeah so yeah, it was he was also on Thirty Rock. He's been on many yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, and it's, it's it, that what you're just doing right now, that whole um, crediting him. It's hysterical how they do it in the series. Okay. So you absolutely have to watch it. All right. So, um, Rashmi, what you got in your queue? I just put a huge strawberry in my mouth. And as always, no, (laughs) as always, Yazdi has laid out a phenomenal snack feast. And I did take a picture before I demolished the entire cheese and pita chips plate, but delicious. Anyway, yes, in my queue, um, I would recommend this was the, um, I believe, the second of the Cornetto trilogy. Hot Fuzz has just appeared on Amazon Prime. And for those of you who don't know... um, Hot Fuzz is the Simon Pegg movie, and it is about a highly skilled London cop who is transferred to a small town that has a dark secret where a, where a witless partner is the only other person he can trust. Hilarious. This got me really hooked in that, into that Cornetto trilogy, and the first of that was Shaun of the Dead. So Hot Fuzz is my recommendation for this week. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good that I think you've recommended it a couple of times before. Did I? Oh, yeah. okay. No, it's, it's that good. It is. It's one well, of it's been some time, I think, and it's gone away and yeah, I wasn't made an appearance to pick on you there, even though it kind of did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it is one of those movies that I think I'm amazed that it has such a big presence in my mind, but so many people have never even yeah. heard of it, and it's yeah. terrific. Yeah, and I think the third one was the end of the world. Yeah, as yeah. we know it or something as like we, that. Yeah, some st- but again, 
really good. Have you seen it, Gary? I have not. Please watch. But I did. Can I yes, yes. back up to my jury duty? I want to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. So while we were playing pickleball, this recommendation came from Temple. So Temple, ah. if you are listening, thank you. I yes. did hear you. Yes, okay. I think Temple is good friends with <laughs> with Angel Chalik, and Angel was the one who told me. As ah. well. Anyway, our, our friends have been recommending it. Yes. Yes, we have to watch it now. Yes, we have to. Okay, Yazdi, what's in your list? So if any of you uh, have been listening to us for more than a year, then you know that my favorite film of 2021, bar none, was the movie Tar with Kate Blanchett. And that movie is... 2022, Yazdi, last year. 2022, last year. Sorry, did I say 2021? I'm always correcting your years. I know, my brain is turned to pudding. But anyway... uh, that's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. But TAR, T-A-R, is a movie unlike any other. Yeah. Don't watch this if you're tired. Don't watch this if you're looking for fun. Don't watch this if you're looking for, you know, something to watch with your friends. Watch it when you're introspective. Watch it when you're meditative. Watch it when you want to... I think no other movie in recent history speaks to how we live right now in terms of our society, in terms of Me Too, in terms of, you know, how we treat women versus how we treat men. Um, and as much as I'm a champion of Michelle Yeoh winning the Best Actress Oscar last year for Everything Everywhere All at Once, I think, and I love it, I'm so glad Michelle Yeoh won, but let's just face it, she was robbed. Yes. Kate, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett was Kate robbed, Blanchett yes. was robbed. Kate Blanchett who is already so accomplished, it says something that in this movie she's probably better than any other movie she's been in. It's about the uh, uh, conductor of a very famous orchestra in Germany who sees her whole world crumble down in front of her eyes as a consequence of certain Me Too accusations and so forth. It's, It's cold and it's precise and it's put together just so you still won't know what... It's all about when the movie ends, but it'll set you thinking forever and ever. Watch it when you're looking for something really special and really thought-provoking. It's called TAR. It stands for her last name, T-A-R. Excellent movie. My best of last year. And it's on Amazon Prime. And Joe, what what do you recommend? You know, I'm deciding if I want to go personal or go big. I think I'll go big. Go big. Is there a difference? Yeah, because I think the movie I would have otherwise picked is a small small one. But I'll save that for another podcast. And I think I may have recommended it before as well. Um, I'm going to go big with the Creed movies, Creed 1 yes. and Creed 2, which are out on uh, Amazon Prime. And the only reason... I as is Creed 3. Is Creed 3 out on it Amazon Prime? It just came out, oh, it's, which is fantastic. unbelievable. Because yes. I was going to revisit them uh, in part because um, I really enjoyed those movies. I mean, mm-hmm. they retread a lot of the old Rocky Ground. Have you seen them? Anywhere? Is there, ever, yeah, ever J- Yazdi and I reviewed I, it. I, I know remember? Creed 3 you reviewed yeah. recently and you both liked that. Um, well, we like the wardrobe for Yazdi. And I'm sure you like Michael B. Jordan's <laughs> abs. You, have you seen abs Creed for me, the wardrobe I, I just Yazdi. want to literally, like, grab the clothes off of him and just use that. The this wardrobe is phenomenal. phenomenal. No matter what he's wearing. Like workout he's gear, being at a party, press junket. 
Great okay, costume well, I'm going to rewind it and pull it back to Creed 1 and Creed <laughs> yeah, 2, okay. where he was a less, lesser known, less well-dressed uh, upcoming boxer. But, I mean, really, they're retreads of Rocky, right? I mean, and they're um, unashamedly so and, and, and very much within that same universe, right? Rocky exists and Apollo Creed exists. This, the character Creed is the son of Apollo Creed, who was uh, very famously uh, one of Rocky's, Rocky's nemesis and then friend. Is that Nemesai? Um, I think it's Nemesis's. Nemesis's. I think it's more fun to say. say, say. Yes. And so, uh, anyway, I'm going to revisit those. But I think if you haven't seen them, they're actually worth your while. And I think you know, they when they were initially released, I, I kind of feel like you know they they got a little bit of a shtick for being too derivative of the Rocky franchise. But I really enjoyed them. They're super fun movies. So let's just recap. So. Um, Gary, your pick was Jury Duty. On, on which, which service? On Free V. <laughs> free V. Free V. Free V. Which I've just looked up and it is indeed <laughs> Free V. <laughs> yes. Rashmi, your pick was Hot Fuzz on Amazon Prime. Mine was Star on Amazon Prime. And mine were Creed One and Two, also on Amazon. Amazon. Wow, wins this week. Amazon Prime wins this week. Why are we paying for all these other ones then? Joe, why are we paying for all of these I other know, ones? These monthly subscriptions are killing me. Okay, uh, three movies to cover: The Flash, Elemental, Asteroid City. Should we take them in that order? Yes. All right. Then somebody, please introduce The Flash. So, directed by Andy Muschietti and written by Christina Hod- Hobson and Joby Harold, um, this is the movie where Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past. But his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. And this stars um, Ezra as the flash um it has a whole host of other people and i was having a discussion with you earlier about i kind of don't even want to say who the cast is um but it does star lots of people let's just leave it at that (laughs) and and you'll understand when you watch the movie why i'm not saying who stars in it because i want to you know you can look it up of course but it's more of a surprise if you don't so yazdi why don't you kick us off and then gary and then joe and then i'll go so brief summary, and then we'll get into the discussion. So Yazdi, what did you think of The Flash? Okay. And before we start, a lot has been made about the, I guess, contention around Ezra The movie's been made for a while. It didn't get a release. And then it's got a huge release, and he even walked, they even walked the red carpet. And you do mean Ezra Miller. Because yeah. Sorry, Ezra. Ezra Miller. I kept saying Ezra Ezra is someone else very different. Ezra- <laughs> Sorry, Ezra, Ezra Miller. No yes. offense, Mr. But <laughs> listening to us, I don't. No, no, no I doubt that. Sorry, we're not we're not relating you to a comic. Sorry, book it's actor. all the sugar. <laughs> Ezra Miller. A lot has been made about Ezra Miller. Correct. So um, this has been the Flash movie has been fraught for a very long time. Um, there has been obviously live action TV series for The Flash a while ago, and then there was an um, option to make a movie, and then uh, about two-thirds of the way through it, that director left, and then, you know, Andrew Muschietti had to be brought in. Andrew Muschietti famously directed the movies It and It 2. He directed the movie Mama, uh, etc. But uh, after, I think, what's made the movie, even after it was made, what made the movie being delayed 
um, in terms of its release is the fact that soon after uh, the filming was completed and um, uh, it was in post-production that Ezra Miller got into a series of uh, troubles, let us say. Uh, he was um, arrested for breaking into his neighbor's home in Hawaii uh, to steal uh, they were they were not at the home at the time, but to steal alcohol. He was arrested for assaulting a female. He was uh, arrested for uh, you know be beating somebody up in a in a bar, etc. And um, so he became kind of a hot potato. And then at that time, um, you know, Warner Brothers uh, made the announcement that they were no longer going to continue with him, but that they would see this particular movie through. Uh, he has, uh, they have since apologized um, and said that they didn't realize that uh, they were going through a mental issue and he's going, they are going through the treatment right now. So Ezra Miller prefers to be called by they. Uh, he considers himself, they consider themselves as, as non-binary. Uh, so anyway, uh, you know, here the movie finally makes it to cinemas after quite a fraught history. So what did you think? So yours. Was it worth the wait? I think so. I think so, definitely. I think it takes something these days to kind of take on our collective overwhelming superhero fatigue and present a spin that feels energetic, clever, thought through and vigorous. And I think The Flash as a film compares like something more handmade and more uh, thought out than, you know, kind of the CGI heavy thing that seems to be mass produced of late when it comes to superhero movies. Uh, I love the Gonzo action pieces. I have very mixed feelings about the CGI, and we can talk about that. Um, but I think it's outrageous, and it's fun. And I think, if nothing else, just watch it for the first half hour. The first action scene is worth the price of your cinema ticket. Gary, our Flash expert, what did you think? Well, I'm not necessarily a Flash expert, but um, Yazdi, thank you. That was a really good recap of um, what was leading up to the actual release of this film, uh, which, in my opinion, um, is probably three years later than it should have been mm -hmm. released. Um, this was not the first script. This was about the seventh script wow. that has been written on this for this particular movie. Wow. Um, they kept scrapping it. The studio got way too involved. Uh, and then they kind of default back to just a standard plot line that the Flash is known for, and that's all about Flashpoint, and that's when he does go back in time to save his mother and how he resets the whole timeline and the consequences of that. So this plot is nothing new. So this is from the comics? Uh, comics, there's a nice animated mm. um, uh, movie version of this very different storyline but the premise is is all pretty much the same. So for me, this is the movie that broke me when I stopped following DC for their movies because the studio just fumbled big time. Mm. And Ezra Miller didn't help with some of their um, outside challenges that they had. Uh, <clears throat> so going into the movie... All I thought was, because they were promoting, in the promo you, you see Batman and you, you think... and. Supergirl is also um, shown in the previews that they're doing everything. This was my uh, going into the movie that they're doing everything possible to deflect all the bad PR that Ezra Miller was getting. So I didn't expect it to be as much flash centric as it actually was. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was pleasantly surprised 
at how well Ezra Miller could carry a movie. Mm-hmm. I did not think they were that good of an actor. And I feel for, for them uh, and whatever the personal challenges that, that they may have. Because for me, this was a really, it, it was, this was his coming out kind of movie because I thought he did a really good job with that. Um, so I have other thoughts on the rest of the movie. You know, I was confused in the present state of why they had some of the characters they had. Um, but it was a nice journey through time. Mm-hmm. And it was a very good celebration of all the previous DC movies throughout decades, decades, with some notable absences. And that's that was disappointing for me. Um, so you, we can probably talk about that a little bit more about who was not in this movie. Mm. Um, but I think they did a really good job on the Flashpoint storyline on this. And um, I came out with a smile. Joe, as the Batman fan I'm, amongst us. I'm, well, first of all, I'm really glad for that little droplet of insight there. Because as much, and the movie kind of nods and, and winks at, how many uh, of, it, uh, of its plot points are similarities to kind of Back to the Future. And so I'm really glad that you told me that came from the origin source and that that wasn't some kind of a, uh, an attempt by Hollywood to, to pull in some kind of other movie universe or, or you know, not to that. So that makes a big difference to kind of what I thought about the plot line. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, there's some things I loved about this movie. I think the performance of you know by by Ezra Miller in the two different iterations of the Flash character were were really fun um, to the extent that you know I really I was rooting for one and not the other you know one was really just quite one was grating um, and I apologise I'm going to get the pronoun thing mixed up so badly here so please don't don't take that um, as uh, as anything more than me just getting old and not being <laughs> able to get pronouns right. But the things I didn't like about the movie were, A, it was a bit too long. I mean, it was really long. I think the last, you know, again, we say this a lot about these kind of overblown comic movie, comic book movies, but, you know, I feel like half an hour could have been easily yep, cut. Yeah, two hours losing, and 24 minutes is running time. Without losing much from the plot. And I, I, I feel like they should be a little bit more judicious with the editing. And then, yeah, yes, you mentioned the CG but I, none of it worked for me. Not, not like Spider-Man, you know, there's some Raimi Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. where the first couple of them, they couldn't quite get it right. And so you had that kind of uncanny valley moment all the time when Spider-Man's bouncing between buildings. Since then, there's a lot of progress being made, right? And, you know, we saw the Spider-Verse, which again, amazingly was all animation, but, but I no longer get that kind of moment here every face there's a an opening scene which is terrific but it's highly marred by the fact that there are let's say some infants that need to be rescued and, and <laughs> i cannot believe they the, did that they're not believable I but it. the, it's it's a terrific sequence but the cgi really let it down for me i'm like i really? don't i don't buy any of this and this would have otherwise been a, a terrific moment for me but all every single cg rendition including faces from the past had that kind of lifeless polar express type look and i just was like oh we can do better cg than that and that that really really grated on me so so you liked it ultimately i liked some things about it i didn't like others but yeah overall it was fun okay so i my first impression was finally dc have some fun because all of the other dc movies to date seems to be so heavy and joyless that it was really nice to have 
more of that kind of Ant-Man, you know, the thing we've seen from Marvel recently with Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man where they have more fun with the topic. And I thought this was comedically, it achieved something comedically for me. And there was many moments where I really laughed. Um, and I think Ezra Miller did a really nice job of carrying the movie, like you said. And he also did a really good job, like you said, Joe, of differentiating between the two um, flashes um, at, at, at any given time. Um, I agree it was way too long. There was probably about 35 minutes, I would say, that you can easily cut out. Generally, I had fun, though. I thought this was a good movie. I wanted more. Really? I want it longer. You want yeah. the director's cut. And, you and want I was the just going to say, director's cut, huh? yeah. the, the other piece that surprised me was we just in our last podcast talked about Spider-Man across the the universe at Spider-Verse. Spider sorry, and I felt like it's interesting, Gary. You say that the Flashpoint is an old concept mm -hmm. because had it not been for the Spider-Verse explanation, I don't think I would have understood the concept. So I feel like Spider-Verse helped Flash, the Flash, with that explanation of the, the, what, the, what the delineations in time actually are. So um, I would definitely recommend watching Spider-Verse first. Well, I'll counter that by saying I think it's a slightly different take on the multiverse concept than mm -hmm. we saw in Spider-Verse. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. The, the inevitability of certain... Yeah, I think they called it the canon point. Yeah, but I, I know what you're saying, Joe. I think, I think the Spider-Verse concept of, uh, uh, you know, of the multiverse is a little bit more sophisticated. Yes, absolutely, and it, that's it what I'm saying. Because it says at any given time there could be multiple versions of... Right, you know, whereas people. this is saying... Whereas this is just saying that if I were to go back in time and change something, then you I create would irreversibly change the future, yeah. which is a concept we've seen again and again. We saw it in Back to the Future like 40 years ago, yeah. crying out loud. Yeah. But, yeah, but so, yeah. I, I think I might have liked this movie the most of everyone. I just had a great time. I really did. I wow. loved that opening scene with with the CGI babies, and of course, if and they the were, dog. If and the dog, if they were real babies, we would be horrified. They but because they're be CGI babies. babies, they just need to not look like dead babies. <laughs> so the the CGI. Um, I, I was reading another article yeah. about this. So um, the CGI to a point was intentional. It was supposed to be as seen through the flash and how he sees these things going at super speed how it's not going to be perfect and so that supposedly if you if you follow what the director was quoted as saying that was the intention was through flash's eyes not through our eyes of watching i just don't think he got james cameron's budget <laughs> no well right? that's true james cameron can can do this right that we can believe in these fully synthetic characters but at the same time though go on with when we had the two Barry Allens, the young Barry Allen and the present, I kept waiting to try to see if I could see how bad CGI would be, and not once did I feel like they weren't actually both in the same so room. Agree. So that's it was what, very believable. So that's that's CGI, right? So that's why I said it's very mixed. So there's yeah. there's a part in the movie where they all come down to what looks like this bowl where they're past and present things and, and they, they resurrect, let's just say, different That's heroes. That's the speed force. Speed force. That speed force <laughs> looked really bad. That looked really bad with this kind of ghostly faces of people. It was just uh, this Polar Express just uncanny didn't buy it at all. But I think where they did excel is in those scenes of Barry Allen with 
with Barry Allen. I want to say Ethan Allen, but okay. Barry <laughs> Allen with Barry Allen. Because that, you know, when you have the same actor playing two roles which interact with each other, we've, you know, that's been the history of cinema, right? It's in, we've seen it since the 30s. I think how they do it in this movie is about as good as I've ever seen Agreed. it. The two hold hands, they hug, their, you can see both of their faces, they seem to interact with each other. That piece, as whatever money they've spent on it, well done, but that, not so much elsewhere. But that's not CGI Ezra Miller versus CGI Ezra Miller. That's compositing, right? Yeah. They, they shoot it twice and they put it together. Yes, it's seamless. But that's done beautifully, yeah. But no. I don't, I don't, I don't want to put that in the same category as as the okay. yeah, as yeah. synthetic people from the past. Um, Fine, and, right. and, and and the falling babies. I won't forgive them for the falling babies. Oh, oh, the, oh yeah. baby. the fallen babies. And the dog at the end is phenomenal. I the, love the, the dog, dog at the, the end. Dog is a cartoon. Stay dog for the credit. Oh, and this is another one where you have to stay right till the end, right after the credits to post credit scene. Um, but why? <laughs> yeah. Why? I thought it was interesting that... Was, was there a oh. why? It was a wasted scene. Oh, I was going to say, we were going to ask you if it was an Easter egg. Um, yes. I called it a cookie. It, 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 I don't want to, we don't want to give this away, right? So this, this would be a spoiler type of thing. But okay. we were in the theater, Yazdi and I were watching this, and I, told, I, I called it. I knew exactly what DC was going to do. Not the exact scene, oh, but I said they're going to plug the next movie. So uh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You know who's going to be in it. And yeah. Sure enough. Yeah. Okay. I spoiled it. No, but that's good. You don't. Um, you haven't told us who. So, um, what did you think about how much Batman is in the movie? Because it's really a movie about the Flash, and predominantly it is. But I was surprised at how much Batman there was in the movie. Well, l let me ask you: If Batman wasn't in the movie. Would it have been more challenging for the audience to follow this whole process? Of mm, good point. Good point. So you think Batman is there to help us understand the concept of the flashpoints? Some common character had to be. Yeah, that's true. Great point. See, this I, I is mean, why I, we invite you on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I, I don't know, again, I haven't read the comics, but, you know, he says at the very beginning that he's like the janitor in the Justice League. Right. So if you're making a movie mm -hmm. about the Flash, then just making a movie about him alone is because there are no name, no big name actors. And then Ezra Miller was relatively unknown, you know, when he was picked for this. So I think purely from a business perspective, it makes sense that they have like some few other people, kind of few other superheroes from Justice League who are part of his team here to kind of fight. My only so as much as I like the movie, my only regret is that they kind of pulled an old tired villain from previous movies i would have liked the villain to be kind of somebody else uh, you know it's like why why using the villain from the superman movie as the bad guy in the flash movie i know they're all related but it just isn't it that isn't that the consequence of the time thing is it Okay, is it, maybe. it is. Gary? Yeah. Okay. But it, there's also a lot of merch you can get off of this how many action <laughs> figures does this movie generate oh that's right? true yeah yeah <laughs> You know, I, mean, I think one of the things that I really liked about the Flash character and I was hoping to see executed as well as, um, I don't think it was, that's a horrible statement. Um, first time we saw Flash in the DC movies was in the Batman versus Superman movie. Yeah. He stole that entire scene, right? There was this whole scene that was the most memorable thing where we first kind of get to see the Flash and, and how they would do 
the time thing, right? Because the Flash, again, I haven't read the comics, but you know, his perception of time, because he moves so quickly, his perception of time slows down, and they they did it so artfully and 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 playfully, and it was just you know, like it was it was poetry, it was ballet, it was it was just. I felt that there wasn't enough of that here, right? And, you know, sure enough, I mean, we do have this whole story where, um, again, don't want to get too spoilery about this, but, you know, the the powers kind of go away for a while. And so, you know, we don't get to do that as much. But I felt there was a missed opportunity here to really do some of the fun stuff that Flash is capable of. Yes, we got it in the opening scene, um, but they just they missed that kind of beautiful moment of artistry and playfulness and it's isn't there a flash type character in the marvel universe as well yeah what's it called the guy who moves very yeah quickly. the guy who moves oh, maybe very I'm quickly mixing up then <laughs> did i mix them up no i no. no i don't think you okay. did but no, i'm he just was, flash was introduced in spider-man versus no batman superman. versus superman, superman yeah you people <laughs> i know no, but, 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 but who is who is the super fast character in marvel um What's he called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I think it seems like Ezra Miller committed Harakiri to his Hollywood career with his offset behavior. I mean, this was like a plum role offered to him. Yeah. And as much as that... Quicksilver, sorry. Quicksilver, that's what it is in the Marvel uh, maybe universe. Maybe that's who I'm mixing it up with, yeah. yeah. But um, I think if he set aside all of his off-screen shenanigans, I think even with all of that baggage... I think he's so credible here and such a good screen presence that, not that anybody's asking me, but if it was up to me, with all of his baggage, I would still retain him as as Flash for future movies. I mean, I think he carries a lot. I'll let you talk in just a second, uh, Gary, but much of the movie is just the two Ezra... Sorry, Ezra Millers. (laughs) Talk to Ezra. Uh, Much of the movie is just, you know... Ezra Miller interacting with Ezra Miller and he carries it's, it's a long movie on his shoulders. They are carrying a long movie on their shoulders. So, uh, you know, I, I was kind of impressed with that. You know, and I think there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of a push, not a pushback, but um, uh, there's people who are like, you know, this guy's an idiot. You should not go and watch his movies. You're kind of encouraging bad behavior. Which is like, come on, don't politicize movies, you know, just just go and watch it. And that's not a reason not to watch the movie. Yeah, go on. I know we're going to start running out of time for this. You're fine, keep going. Uh, A couple of things that I did want to just make sure that from a DC Universe perspective that we we talked a little bit about. um, The most important one is Supergirl. Yes. Well, this isn't the most important. Helen Slater? uh, she was the original. The original, yeah. And yeah. the original Supergirl um, movie. Oh, right, because she um, showed up too. Yes, she did. Supergirl, <laughs> in almost every comic version, has been blonde. On the television series, they kind of went dirty blonde towards a little bit brown hair. But the fact that they gave this Supergirl the exact same haircut as young Barry Allen... Did nothing but aggravate me. One, she wasn't blonde, and two, they had the same exact haircut. Maybe they got a two. It was for ridiculous. One. I don't understand why they did that. It's stupid to get caught in so that detail. Just but very unhappy. Supergirl, yeah. wouldn't you be <laughs> with you that were, haircut? You were in Russia and, and as Flash, Siberia, and, and cage. Some, yeah, <laughs> but. She, Anyway, yeah. And she's very angry. Yeah. Um, so that was an important thing for me to mention during this podcast is Supergirl's haircut. haircut. 
Um, the, the other thing was um, the Iris West character. So uh, Barry Allen and Iris West, that's like the Lois and Clark Kent. Um, so no chemistry. Nothing, but she has nothing to do. She's in it two was a scenes. very forced character. Yeah, two yeah. Scenes. yeah. It seemed yeah. very forced. And they've really struggled. Pointless. I don't even know. So um, she was in the original, I think, Justice League. Um, but they cut her out. That whole scene with Iris West um, and Barry Allen in Justice League was dropped. Um, and I think this is a new uh, Iris West. It's not even the same actress, I don't believe. And the point, I didn't understand her point. There was very little value in her in, in the movie. So that was a little frustrating that they could have potentially developed his his now better. Um so that was one thing. And then the other thing I really wanted to mention is truly, um, as they're doing their journey through all the other characters um, and the other universes, how they have intersected, for me, it was a great tribute and salute to all these previous versions of Batman, Superman. I love that. Um, interestingly enough, they didn't cross over into Wonder Woman, which would have been nice to see. They did. Not past. Not okay, past, not, past, not different yes. versions, like the oh, television I see, I see series, right, the original. Right, 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 right. So there were certain things that were missing. Um, am I spoiling no. things? No. Um, Christopher I, Nolan, did you see that one? No. But, I mean, I think... They don't have the rights. <laughs> it's I Warner bet. Brothers, but is it Warner not? Brothers. Well, that's, I wonder... That's if, the part I don't I wonder understand. if Nolan didn't give them any love. It Nolan's wouldn't surprise just a director. me. Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if he if he was like, nope, you don't touch my IP. Yeah, it's not his IP; it's Warner Brothers. It, IP. You know, this yeah. is a it was a great nod mm. to some some incredible actors who have paved the way so that this movie could happen, and it was it's also the swan song of this generation of um, these characters. Although there are two more movies coming out with these actors that are committed to this this. Mm -hmm current run you have aquaman coming out i think in december and wonder woman 3 is still oh, god help us coming you're right this for one me one was good come on Rush. one was awesome one was, one awesome. was good two was whatever bad. i think that's the last time we had gary on was it wonder woman 1984 i think so yeah could have been 84 did you say 94? I think I said 1984. Okay. We're both right. Joe's yeah. on a different timeline. <laughs> so uh, you know, those are the things I really wanted to kind of, because yeah. those who are the, the, the true DC fans probably would say, you know, why'd you leave these out? Mm. Um, because they also are very important. But people were applauding, right? As you were going through and certain characters, certain versions of these superheroes came up on the screen, people were applauding. And I was proud. It was a great trip. It down was quite delightful, lane, and that, that section of the movie was quite delightful, and it felt very nostalgic. And I think, um, yeah, it was it was nice to see those old faces, and it was nice to tie it back. Mm -hmm. A little bit right? of fan service, yeah, there, right? Yeah. I think you know those people who, um, and let's face it, a lot of these movies are review proof because you know the fans of the series, fans of the universe. We'll, we'll go see them regardless, right? You want to see those characters brought to life on screen. You want to see that universe done, um, you know, 
in, in the way that you kind of imagined it in your head. So, um, and then complain about it afterwards. <laughs> and right, of course, and, well, that's what we all do. But it, it was nice to kind of see then some reward for those people who love these characters yeah. deeply, presumably in the same yeah. way that that you do, Gary. Because I think um, those moments are kind of whatever for the rest of us. But you know, I, I could see how that was a, a very special moment for the crowd and especially the fanboys. Are we ready to wrap up? I think so. So, Gary, as our guest, oh. why don't you go first? What's our What's our scale again? One to ten. One to ten. One to ten. Although Joe and Yazdi only use six to ten. And Most of the also time. uses half. half points, which we don't allow him. Still doing half points. And huh? Joe's now started using Damn, yes. strong and weak. I do do high. Oh, good lord! Yeah. So anyway, how about basically, one to five? Yeah. Basically, make up your own scale again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it one to five. You can multiply it by two. <laughs> you know, I always have two rankings. The, the, for me, it's like, how do I feel oh when I God, first... Oh, my God, two rankings. Well, when I first come out of the yeah, movie... Yeah, that's true. You know, how did it make me feel? And when I first came out of this movie, I wanted to go right back in and watch it again. Oh, that's nice. Um, because I enjoyed, especially towards the end, when we're doing the whole tribute and everything. Um, so in that respect, I'd give it a good 8 out of 10. Um, with some time... And reflecting on what could have been done better, such as the development of Iris West, if they truly were committed to maybe a sequel to this movie. There's no sequel to this movie, the way it closes out, in my mind. Um, so I'd probably bring it down to a seven and a half. Which you will back up A strong up or back seven down. and a half. But you have to back it down or back it up? Are you rounding up or rounding down? Um, you know what, as it's wrapping up this this generation of actors and these, I'll keep it at an eight. Nice. Okay, nice. Yazdi. I think considering that this movie's had like four directors, three screenwriters, multiple pushes, I think when when something goes through that, usually the end product is just just awful. And I think taking that into consideration, the end product is remarkably it holds together very well. I just think I, I like, maybe it's this uh, Andrew Muschieri who, who has the final directing credits. It, there's just a feeling of fun through the whole movie. It's not at all that grim, you know, the Batman, da, da, da. you know, it's, it's, it's not dark. Yeah. It's not dark at all. It's very funny. Um, I, I was very charmed by it through the whole, through, through most of it. And I think the movie also has the good sense to hire the wonderful Spanish actress, uh, Maribel Verdu, who was the hot lead in Itumama Tambien uh, at least 10 years ago uh, as, as Barry Allen's mom. So a seven and a half out of 10 for me as well. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to bump it up to eight because wow. I, just, I just read that the movie didn't do well at the box office and that they're going to lose money with it. Well, it's about. going up against Spider-Verse and it's going right. up against... Right. Other stuff. A it's things. a busy. So it's a busy I, summer. So I think there's nobody I wouldn't recommend this to. Pretty much, I, I would recommend it to anyone, young, old. It's a fun time at the movies. Uh, it could be so much worse. And I, unlike you guys, I'm going to discount you. I love that opening. <laughs> baby <laughs> falling from the sky. Yeah. I the baby it. scene. So the baby hilarious. scene. Gotcha. I loved it. <laughs> Joe. And. I liked it too, but I was thrown off by the poor CGI. And that's really, you know, my, my biggest thing. I think this movie was fun. It was trying really hard to be fun. I felt like, um, yeah, unlike a lot of the DC movies, it didn't weigh, it del weigh itself mm -hmm. down with, you know, all of the 
um, heavyweight emotional turmoil that seems to drive be the motivation for many DC characters. And look, you know, this is very much the case, right? This character and understanding uh, this character's particular uh, set of motivational factors here is 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 heavy, right? This is like a, a very key moment in his life where he regrets he he he, he didn't do what he could. But um, no, I mean overall, yeah, the movie's fun its running time was too long but it didn't um it, it didn't play out as as as, as like a, a plodding thing it was just i felt it could have been tighter seven out of ten for me um you know and really i'm knocking a point off because the cgi in places was really clunky i i it took me right out of the moment right out of the movie and I just kept looked, looking at what I, what I felt were like plasticine renditions of characters, and and uh, it should never do that, right? Like, if you know, even go to something more um, abstract if you need to, but never, never try and do this hyper-realistic face where uh, where the audience could be kicked out of the movie, like the movie experience, like I felt I was. Um, it's a seven from me as well. I think it's a fun time at the movies. I'm glad DC's having a bit more fun now, but I think it's a little bit of a flash in the pan. Um, it will not stay with me as much as it should. And we didn't even talk about the motivation of the character to go back and revive a parent or a loved one that you've lost. And that should have devastated a little bit more, I think. Um, Nonetheless, I think it's a fun time at the movies. Yeah. All right. Movie. So we averaged oh. my seven and a half, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us for that, Gary. That was, uh, again, you added think, a lot of I think of, it really uh, knowledge. helped me understanding yes. that this was um, not the, especially knowing that the, the movie was in some sort of a development turmoil here, and that knowing that this was a story of um, comic book origin. All right, movie number two of the week then is Elemental. So I will be... Uh, Yasdi, you're going to tell us about Elemental. Giving an introduction to Elemental. So Elemental is the latest from Disney Pixar, and it follows the story of Ember and Wade in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. Uh, it is directed by Peter Sohn, and writing credits are given to John Hoberg, Kat Lickle, and Brenda Sue. And uh, the voiceover talent is, uh, I had expected a lot of uh, known, uh, known names, but they're, they're all relatively unknown. Leah Lewis play, um, voices Ember, Mamadou Aiti uh, voices Wade. Ronnie Del Carmen, Sheila Omi. Uh, Catherine O'Hara is the only uh, person I know uh, who voices Brooke in this particular movie. So uh, um, uh, uh, Pixar movies always cause for some excitement, some celebration. Does Elemental live up to the Pixar badge? You know, it's not a great time at the movie when you want to talk about the short that came before it. And the short called Cal's Date was exquisite. Um, that wasn't the case for the film that followed. Um, all I've got to say currently is yawn. <laughs> I'll stop there for the moment. What? <laughs> I it's it's funny you you do that because I hated the short, 
and I quite I enjoyed the, the movie. Really? And I hated the short because, okay, so the short is um, effectively a sequel to Up. Um, the movie Up. Well, it's a, a five-minute... Yeah, not the, whole, not the whole Up, but just no, but one character. A little from short, one, one yeah. Character, you know, the main character, the grumpy old man from And Up the cute dog. And the cute dog. Oh, and dog. I found the short um, did something horrible for me, which is it... It destroyed my impression of what was almost a perfect um, moment in a movie. And the Ellie montage, right? We all know about the Ellie yeah. montage from Up, right? It's a, it's something that I, um, I I can watch at any given point in time. And it's two minutes, maybe three minutes long in a movie that will stay with me for the rest of my life. That will instantly reduce me to tears. And it feels so sacred that sequelizing it. For good reason. I mean, there's 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 a nice theme at the heart of it. It's just it 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 shouldn't have been done. Leave things alone, right? When you've been, when when you've made it perfect to start with, don't fuck with it after. I don't want to revisit the universe. The story doesn't need to be extended. I don't want to know. Like you finished. What happened? Yes. So. Um, Which is strange because I hated up other than that Ellie montage. Annoyed the pants off me. Um, but the movie. Um, and I'll be brief. I mean, I, I didn't want to see this. I'll say that out loud. I'm a big Pixar fan, but I saw the, the sequel, the, the sorry, the trailer for this. And it looked so inevitably dull. Um, dull, right? You have two elements, water and fire. You know that the journey of the story, no, no one needs a degree in screenwriting to know that the two elements that can't come together will want to come together. And surely, you know, you'll get the Disney end of the Disney movie. So, so there's no reason for me to see this movie, but it was actually really well handled. Not only did it address the kind of elemental things, but there were lots of things about society. There's some social commentary. There was some uh, beautiful, um, you know, kind of ethnic moments with the two characters. And, you know, they, they, Step deftly around, but you know the ethnicities at play here. Um, and actually, the movie worked, right? It didn't, it, it didn't like, there were no tears for me. There were no joyful moments in the sense of, but it, it left me with kind of warm and fuzzy. And I, I, I just wasn't Warm and sweaty, <laughs> like the elements. Um, well, yes, the. Okay, go yes, the, yeah. So I have mixed feelings about it. I oh. was kind of like you initially, but then I eventually moved towards. Joe, because but I think... But what moved you? It didn't. So I, I think the movie is pretty rote in the first half because, you know, we've seen Inside Out. We've, you know, there was anger and joy and laughter and now there is fire and water. So it seems like they're running out of ideas and, and they want to kind of do something abstract and not necessarily grounded in the real world. That seems to be... Or strange up. character. Right. Yeah. And so they're, they're, they're doing this thing about elements and it just seemed kind of rote... You know, they were just going through the motions here. It's the girl from water, no, from fire, and, you know, she's having trouble with her temper, and here's the guy from water, and blah, blah, blah. But then I think in the, in the last third of the movie, I don't know if it's a rewrite or whatever, but I kind of felt for both of those. I, I felt yes. like an emotional weight. And I'm like, oh, finally this movie kicked into something yes. here. And I think by the time it ended, I had kind of bought, bought into it. But I, I want to be very clear, this is not, you know, Toy Story, or this is not, uh, you know, uh, Ratatouille, or this is not, you know, like, like classic Pixar, which just gets you from the get-go right. and kind of keeps you going. I think this movie kind of comes around just towards the end enough to save it. 
So here's the problem. It seemed like a weird romantic movie, not necessarily for children, but made to be for children. And it's really about boy meets girl, boy cannot be with girl for, you know, a hundred different reasons, boy and girl get together. And there was nothing exciting. There were no major highs, no major lows. It just felt so dull. Such a grimace on your face. Oh, is there? I wish we were doing a video on this. You you really didn't like this. It's so annoying. And to me, it also... Okay, so Joe, let's explore the kind of the ethnicity. It felt to me like fire. There was so much room in this to, to kind of go deep in that... Um, ethnicity, if you wanted to explore ethnicity, she seemed very Middle Eastern, Eastern, right? The fire seemed very Eastern. And so let's go there. But they didn't want to. They didn't and need so to. And so it felt like also like other other fires supposed to be refugees. They're kind of ousted from where they came from because of a disaster. And now they're living in a land where they're not really wanted. So let's explore that then. But they were almost not brave enough to go there. And so it just all was like a much of a muchness, just dull. <laughs> I, for me, it was, I, I mean, I, I don't think it will be readily evident to kids or anybody else, but it's only when you think about it that obviously it stands for people who are different. Right. For whatever reason, two, two groups of people who cannot get along. Right. So West could, Side Story. It could be West Side Story. It could be, you know, Palestine versus Israel. It could be India versus Pakistan. It could be blacks versus whites, whatever. So I, I get it. Um, but, yeah, I think maybe, maybe they could have done it a little bit more because there wasn't enough for adults here, maybe. Uh, and also there is... You know, there's there's a reason elementally why fi- why fire and water cannot be together, but then eventually when they're together, they're just together. It's never explained, and I I, I don't want to give anything away, but I just am like the love, yes, the <laughs> love conquers all. <laughs> really, <laughs> love stops fire from being extinguished by water. <laughs> but anyway, so it, it's okay. I mean, I I probably will forget about it. Is what, but but in I the hope moment, to forget about it. <laughs> But in the moment, I, I I was I had a little little gulp in my in my really? throat at the end, and and that's yeah. exactly right. I mean, I think at, at the end of the day, there was nothing original or insightful in this movie, and I think we've come to expect so much from Pixar, right? Correct. We've come to kind of think um, there's there's very few Pixar movies which can't raise a tear um, when I'm watching them. Uh, you know, they made the robot in Wally. You know, mm-hmm. this like tin pot things struck together from old computer parts like you know one of the most sympathetic characters in memory so here here i think because the characters are so human in in you know they they just happen to be you know wearing a fire costume or water costume um we, we we kind of don't it it steps back from that kind of very abstract um thing that Pixar does so well, right? They they make us fall in love with toys and inanimate, inanimate objects and all this kind of stuff. No, look, um, is it a great movie? No. Um, you know, I think Pixar has definitely um, suffered from the loss of some of its key executives, you know. Um, I think there's a little bit of magic that John Lasseter um, always... Um, any movie ever seen by you know Lasseter? I think Pete Doctor was had a hand in this mm-hmm. one, but um, you know Lasseter we know had to go away because he was 
you know, another Me Too uh, casualty. Casual, well, not casualty, casualty but perpetrator. perpetrator um, yeah. And that's too bad because I don't think they've managed to replace his particular brand mm -hmm. of genius um, at Pixar just yet. And so what they're cranking out are these very fun animations that are perhaps a little bit more emotionally complex than like DreamWorks or some of the other studios, but they're not. They're, they're not. They're not the level that we expect from Pixar. They're not the high art that we, 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 we want to see. So I'm just going to score it now and then we can get on to our final movie. So for me, it's a seven out of 10. It's, you know, it's, it's adequate. I mean, I, I wouldn't say folks don't watch this, right? This is, this is okay. Um, you know, and throw away that short at the beginning, please. <gasps> That's double my score. My <laughs> score was going to be three and a half, which I will up to a four. And I love the short. Yes, D. I give it a six out of ten. Oh, right in the middle. It's uh, no, because I think, I mean, it, you know, had the movie not engaged me in the last half hour, then it would have been a much lower score. But I think it it kind of, you know, amounts to something towards the end. Um, could do better. I mean, I, I I'm almost I hate to say this, but it seems like maybe in retrospect it was not a good idea for Disney to acquire Pixar. It seems like since Disney acquired Pixar, they've just the quality has dropped. And, you know, it kind of, Pixar has become Disney-fied. Um, and, you know, we were talking about this uh, when we did uh, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is that, look look at the animation in this. It's not even, in, you know, it's not even turning the dial like one quarter of a fraction, right? One quarter of a mark. The animation is, it, it's very serviceable. It's 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 what it needs to be. But it's, it's not remotely ambitious. And I... I hate to. I mean, it has the misfortune of coming out so so soon after you know Spider Verse. Um, yeah, six out of ten. I mean, I think if if you have kids of a very young age and if you're looking to kind of entertain them one evening, they yeah. can they could do far sure. worse than watch this. This is this is exactly the kind of thing that you have on Disney Plus that pops up as right. a new movie and you right. don't know what to watch. Show the kids to watch, so you're sick of them watching Frozen. So here you go, play on this. It will entertain them for ninety minutes. Yeah. And also me. Yeah. No good songs. <laughs> no, Pixar doesn't do songs. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. they should have in this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All let's right. move on. Let's move on to um, the next movie. Am I introducing this? No, I am. Okay. Thank God. Um, <laughs> so why don't we talk about Asteroid City? Okay, so directed by Wes Anderson and written by Wes Anderson and Roman Coppola. Um, this is um, the story of the itinerary of a junior stargazer space cadet con convention organized to bring together students and parents from across the country for fellowship and scholarly competition, which is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events. Um, and this stars Every Wes Anderson muse, along with some new other, with, with some others, Jason Jason Sh I can't speak Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, and everyone else who Wes Anderson loves. Um, I'm almost scared to ask Joe because you are not the Wes lo Wes Anderson lover amongst us. Um, but Joe, why don't you start us off? What did you think don't, of Asteroid City? Don't do this to me. Um, Okay, yeah, not a fan of Wes Anderson. At all? At all. Um, I Ever? Like, you you I find mean, him no, annoying? I, I found Grand Budapest Hotel um, 
mildly entertaining, a little bit overly precious, but sure. We watched it at South by Southwest. We were there with a highly energetic crowd. Wes Anderson was there himself. I've, I've, I bought into the moment, right? I, I, I kind of got that one. And that, to me, is his um, uh, best movie from my perspective so far. I quite liked Fantastic Mr. Fox, but only because Roald Dahl was um, a uh, favorite author of mine growing up. Um, everything else has been either kind of mediocre, unfunny, or painfully dull. His last movie, The French Dispatch, was was a disaster for me. And the movie before that, which was the I Love Dogs, um, was I, I don't think I slept. I don't think I've slept as sl- soundly until this movie, which was a complete snoozer for me. This movie, I literally. Within the first five minutes, I think I was struggling to stay awake. By minute 10, I was out for the count. Yeah, I know. There was nothing in this movie at all. It's visual nonsense, and I can't, I'm going to call it nonsense, but Wes Anderson is so <laughs> precious about where he puts the camera. Everything's in thirds, and it's just, it's like, I get it, that's your thing. But it's fucking boring, and it really Ooh. is. Yeah, it really annoys me. Two out of ten. Absolutely. Like, oh, I knew. It's, I wish we knew we could swear. It is. It's so bad. This movie is is dull. There is nothing here for me. There's nothing here for most audiences. I can't think of anyone that I would recommend this to other than the chronic insomniac. So. Asteroid City is... Well, at least you took a stand. It's the worst film I've seen in the past two or three years. It's it's horrible. (laughs) Yazdi. How do you even follow that? Uh, (laughs) Mic drop. Um, Yeah. Listen, I'm, I, I love, love, love early Wes Anderson. I love the Darjeeling Limited. I love the Royal Tenenbaums. I love Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I love uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. But my love and patience for Wes Anderson is starting to wane, and it started waning for the last two films. I, I, Isle of Dogs was cute, but... You know, his last movie was just insufferable. I could not, uh, you know, I could not even. So I went into this with a lot of trepidation. And here's what I will say. I think there is a better movie made by another auteur. And that movie is called Mars Attacks, which, which is so much better in every way. But this is what I will say. I think as far as the craft goes, Wes Anderson keeps leaping further and further up toward an impossible ideal with each new film. I I, I get it. And from a visual perspective, I think this film needs to be seen to be believed. I think this film needs to be seen just for the visuals. I mean, it's all here. The tracking shots with the dolly stops just at the right place to frame the object of interest within like millimeter precision. Everything just those dolly shots where the dolly keeps moving, 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 and then it stops right where it needs to. You know, the megalomaniac zest with which the production design team has worked to create like a dreamlike 50s town in Arizona. The oddities, a vending machine from which you can buy a plot of land. And then the needlessly complex framing device of a film within a black and white television show, within a film which is bathed in these saturated sandy yellows. You know, it's all to no avail. It's all pointless by movie's end, and it's just a piffle. It's like somebody reaching and trying to make a big gasp, and all you get is candy floss, and you're left with, like, air in your mouth. Yeah, it was just nothing. I don't get it. And a lot of the reviews have been saying this is his very emotion- This is one of his most emotionally resonant films. Nothing, nothing. I was like a block of lead. It moved... Not even an atom in my body. I Sorry. Think they all got given a bag of weed on the way in. 
I don't know what's going on. Have I, have I, have I lost my connection with Wes Anderson? <laughs> I me. think, unfortunately, we all have. So I am so sad to say that um, this is a complete failure. And I love Wes Anderson. Um, look, from the absolute, from the very first frame to the, to the last frame, every single one of these frames could be a piece of artwork yeah. that I would love to have on my wall. I got exhausted by the Uber choreography. And, you know, there's, there's something that people described in an SNL skit, which is called a hat on a hat, which is yeah. you make a joke and then you make that joke part of another joke. Well, this is a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Um, it's so dull. The quirk is so, like, disappointing that it's just a souffle. This, this whole thing is a souffle that tastes of nothing. I'm so disappointed. And I think I must have had a good snooze as well, unfortunately. This did not well, keep okay. my interest at all. I have to say that um, when, I, when I did wake up, I looked, <laughs> I, look, I looked to my right, and the two of you are having good snooze. So, I mean, look, th this kind of stuff makes me angry because yeah. he's so celebrated. And his movies come with such hype and anticipation. Right. And I just don't think there's any entertainment value here. He's, he's completely gone down this rabbit hole of this visual style that he likes. But the hat on the hat on the hat, like by the third or fourth hat, that exactly. gets really unfunny, right? It, it, you can kind of yes and a joke, right, and build on it. When you, but you know, then it becomes a meme, and then it just becomes annoying. And this is just annoying. And you know, let let him direct somebody else's script, perhaps, or let let him, um, you know, have a co-director who can focus on 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 the plot points and the, and the. Uh, well, there is no plot. The plot is very here, very difficult to just, follow. He's here, he spent all his time on a visual. Maybe he needs to just quit being a director and become a a, a, a director of photography, right? Where Again, or an interior designer. He can visualize somebody else's difference because, truthfully, here he, there, there's just nothing. Yeah, Gary wants oh, to say Gary, something. Sorry, yeah, yeah, he's sorry. reacting to what we're saying. He's reacting to the cast. <laughs> yeah. you, you keep talking to the about the the writing and the directing, and not a single mention of the acting. We will. We will. Get, I'm okay. going to get to the acting. Are you yeah, going to get to it? Yeah. Because there's some big names in it. It's got a ridiculous cast. So this is what I wanted to say. This is you know apart from you know it's all being. A souffle, like you said. You know, I'm exhausted now from all of his recent movies where all you see is an endless parade of A-list actors who walk by. They do nothing more than shoehorn themselves into the Wes Anderson sensibility for barely minutes, and then they disappear, right? Why? I mean, sure, you can do it, and Tom Hanks can get the satisfaction of having once worked on a Wes Anderson film and put that on his resume, but why is he here? Why is Steve Carell needed for this throwaway part? Brian Cranston. What's Tilda, what is Hong, Tilda Swinton? What is Hong Chow doing here? What Matt Dillon or Edward Norton or Brian Cranston? Or Lee Willem, Schreiber. What's Lee Schreiber doing? Willem Dafoe. Why, Willem Dafoe is one of our most distinctive actors. Why do you bring him in a movie and he says two things and just disappears? Tilda Swinton. I mean... Margot Robbie. And I don't even like her. Uh, I was happy you, not to see her for that long. But I mean, yeah, why? But why do you bring Tilda Swinton to do just a minute of whimsy which she can do like you know while being sedated in her sleep and this sure you can bring all these actors on because you know you have the ability to and you can pay them but it doesn't seem to add to anything so I feel bad for Tom Hanks I feel bad for Steve Carell and Brian Cranston what is Brian Cranston doing or the guy who plays the writer uh, Edward Norton 
What is it? And can somebody explain this 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 frame within a frame within a frame? What was that black and white TV show? Was it was it? Maybe I I, I was going to say maybe you should, I need to watch it again, but no, I don't need to watch it. Again. No, actually, I was so confused that I actually went to the wiki page after the movie, and someone's already written the plot, and I read the plot, and I didn't understand it, even as it's written in black and white, like the show. Um, it's. Even if you read the description of what happened and it's very well written, it's impossible to understand. I mean, I kind of got the whole thing right. You did? Uh, in, the, in the sense of, um, you know, this... It's a movie this, about event, someone who's done no, a play. No, but this event happens... No, that, well, all of that stuff is just cruft, right? To me, this story was about this event happens in a town and, you know, then the townsfolk can't... You know, then the military kind of come right. in, and the, so I, I got that whole kind of bit of it. But yeah, you hold the whole kind of um, yeah. framing of it within the context of this play and the playwright and like all, all nonsense. It, it, it lost me from 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 the very first frame. And I think there will be some who will claim that the film is about the grief we all carry within us, but. You know, and and this urgent gasping. Oh, there was grief. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm sorry, I <laughs> yeah, saw this. Yeah, the, is it about like? Sorry, not to interrupt you, yeah. but I'm wondering. Okay, even if you wanted to go down the route of something happened and we have to quarantine everyone, and hey, this is what happened to us during COVID, and it's a play on that, and what happens when you quarantine people? It didn't even deliver on that aspect I of know, a quarantine. Maybe I missed the train completely, but nothing of consequence happened during the quarantine. Right. These kids sat down and they played a game and then, you know... People fell in love with each other. And then Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson kind of moonily talked across windows. I don't know. I think, you know, and, and my thing is, you know, maybe he's trying to say that, you know, we all need to reach out and grasp at, you know, whatever human connection we get in the world, but... This is never conveyed with anything deeper or more emotionally complex than characters literally declaring their grief and need for human connection in a flat Andersonian effect, you know. So there's so much of saying and not showing. And I remember his early films were filled with this with this quiet depth. The Loyal Tenenbaums is about, about something. You know, all of his early movies are about something, but... As intensely precise as he's become as a visualist, he appears to have completely abandoned emotional heft, right? There's nothing, there's none of it in Asteroid City. Like I said, as you know, Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson get something approaching a hazy arc in the film, at least their story amounts to a little more than actors appearing disorientedly on stage to say five lines and then walking away, which sadly is the fate for most of the actors in this movie. And I don't mind the fussy that is par for course when you buy a ticket for a Wes Anderson movie, but give me something to connect to. You know, how can a filmmaker so committed to visually thrilling you to a point of ecstasy leave you with nothing to feel? This yeah. is really what bothers me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to quote this. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes, Daniel Egan from Film Legacy, this sums it up. A black hole of a movie that sucks pleasure right out of you. I, I mean, know. I'm ready to sum this one up. I don't even want to waste any more breath. Two out of ten. <laughs> no, no, come on. Don't give it two out of ten. Why? For you give your own score. <laughs> two? Yeah. Come on, visually you... it's worth a four, no? No, the two is for the visuals. <laughs> <laughs> what, are the, what are the cars 
screaming in the desert doing what, what is what, what is, is exploding happening? nuclear there's an exploding nuclear attack nothing happens there's cars speeding it's ridiculous <laughs> it's like literally a film written on acid and i love wes anderson yes D. it pains me two out of ten I think there are a few things. Okay, so I, I think there is the whimsy of practically the entire... The bird is the funniest bit. The bird. bird. There's a bird at, right at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a bird at the end, yeah. But there's the whimsy of practically the entire cast looking up into the night sky through individual cardboard boxes at an approaching something. And there is some labored... And if there is some labored insight to be gleaned from Edward Norton's playwright being not so secretly gay, then it's completely lost on me. It's all twee just to be twee. What was that all about? I don't understand it. So I don't. I think it's sad to settle into the realization that we will never have another The Darjeeling Limited or another Royal Tenenbaums. Or a fantastic Mr. Fox. Or a fantastic Mr. Fox. Which was brilliant. The, because the Wes Anderson of 2023 is too preoccupied with creating intricately vivid diasporas of admittedly breathtaking beauty, but populated by ensembles of three-inch toy soldiers. It looks gorgeous as hell, but it is all static. Boo. Four out of ten. <gasps> That's only double my score. Joe. <laughs> Boo. Are you going to use the whole ten-point scale today? <laughs> no. Zero out of ten. I'm going to give it a zero. No, don't I really? am. I'm going to give it a zero. <laughs> on, don't I've never it. given anything a zero, but this movie's made me angry. And it, it's made <laughs> yeah. me angry. See how now we should no. take a photo of your face. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really angry. Yeah. Because A, uh, you know, I was busy that day, so you know, one, spending two hours here was a complete waste of my life. B, this movie cost millions of dollars to make, and it, yeah, it, that's it's, true. it's tragic that other movies, other art isn't getting out there because this guy is out there spending it making films. Sky. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's just frustrating to me that like failure after failure after failure to entertain is like still getting this massive cue. Maybe I'm not seeing something here, but this is this is worse than like a bad movie this is this is a movie that's like shifted to the negative side of the the, the scale if we could go below zero i would give it that it's 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 horrible i'm really I'm, I'm, I'm just so angry i want his next movie to be with just three actors what next movie i'm not yeah. going i'm not gonna go yeah, to i want say, his to three movies you. to just have I'm three done. actors and, and and be mean something don't Again, what, what is Tom Hanks doing in this movie? I, I mean, it's running. It. Look, it's running at 74% on the tomato meter. So clearly so the he, three of us have missed something He has big. some loyal fans that just no, go I'm there. I'm a loyal fan. No, I'm a loyal fan. I don't know that. You're, there, there are people who are, are just Wes Anderson. Like, but, but, okay. I, 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 don't, I don't even know if it's spoiler, but I won't say anything. The entire movie is leading up to something, right? A climactic event which happens twice in the movie, right? But nothing comes of it. Literally nothing comes of it. Well, they it. get quarantined as a result. They get quarantined as a result of that. And it's like, All right. oh, anyway, go watch Mars Attacks. Yes. So much better. Yes. We've kept Gary here long enough. <laughs> Sorry. we poor, This poor. was incredible. <laughs> I was here for a zero. <laughs> I know. That's a first. It's, yeah. Um, no, no more words. Some um, people say Scarlett Johansson is up. supposed to be like Marilyn Monroe. I don't Monroe. want to talk about this. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> I didn't see any Marilyn Monroe in Scarlett Johansson, but anyway. Yes, no, enough. enough My brow enough. is furrowing. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to erase I'm going to need more Botox. I, you know, this movie's so bad, I may not put this podcast out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, hopefully it will mean people will watch it. I don't know. Make no. up their own mind. But maybe they'll say maybe, no, look, If Save any yourselves. of our listeners watch it and enjoy it, please share with us what you enjoyed. Don't do that to people. 
<laughs> Why would you do that? I mean, he's creating his own world. I get Everybody it. Everybody stop. <laughs> Joe's like, enough. I get it. <laughs> An hour and 15 of talking okay. uh, too much. Okay. Thank you, everybody. If you, if you are still here listening at the end of this mm. podcast, um, you know, thank you for, for, for making it to the end. We appreciate you. Thank you, Gary. Well, for thank you for letting us. me come back. Joining awesome. us and you can come uh, back anytime. listening to our rant. Yeah, come on, anytime. You want to see something, let us know. Yep. Um, and thank you for all of the insight and addition you gave to our Flash review. I think um, I would have scored it a little differently without that. Um, we're about to record another podcast, so not, our next podcast is coming soon with reviews of The Blackening, Joyride, and Indiana Jones, the new Indiana Jones movie. The so Destiny of Dial. That no, the Dial of Destiny. Dial of Destiny, yes. So um, stay tuned. We'll be back with that very soon. Until then, too many movies, too little time. A goodbye from me. And me. And me. And me as well. And me.